No, I've, I've got like five minutes on, <laughs> on being a doctor and like another five minutes on cancer. That I, But I never do it in comedy clubs because, you know, you cancer. People are like, oh, this is as they're it's smoking and drinking. I don't want to hear giggle, about that. Giggle, giggle. Giggle, Hey, guys. I'm Lana Turner, and you're listening to the Perfect Ten Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me and my good friend who I haven't seen in a minute, Matt Eisman. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. It's so nice to be here. This is fun. Yeah. It's always fun it's to fun. see The you. conversation we've already I, been having has been very entertaining. I know, right? Like, uh, Nikki comes out of, like, you you learn everything yeah. in, like, two minutes. Right, Nikki? <laughs> Pretty much. She is an open book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I know. And now, and now, and now the microphone's no, on and no, nobody wants I, to talk. Yeah. It's okay. It's so how how are you? I'm doing great. Good. Doing great. Things are yeah, it's been it's been uh it's been a lot of fun lately. Well, I'm working, which you know, everything's better when you're working. But you're always working. I never feel like you're not It's not it's been nice. I've had a good run. I've had a good run and uh we were just we were just out at the TCAs doing team with Ninja Warrior. We have a spin-off show at Esquire and so we're out, and you know those things can be kind of a slog, but it's it's just fun to get to to have a network that seems excited about your show, and we're pimping it, and then well, Caitlin, you host all the the like a lot of the different shows that are like muscle bound, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been you know TV. clearly right. Yes. I yes. mean, <laughs> it's funny. I, I like I, I realized they're like, oh, do you compete? I'm like, no, no. Those who can do, those who can't host. I <laughs> I like hosting because I don't have to work out nearly as much as those guys. And you're the pretty you saw face. I had McDonald's this morning. Yeah. That is not what ninjas eat. Uh, but we were out there and Caitlyn Jenner came by. And we really? were trying, yeah. And she's, she is a striking figure. She's tall. But she and is she's wearing an, heels. She's a, she is a warrior. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we were hoping. We would, we, we like, she has a good athletic background, although she's 60, whatever now. Wait, did she just show up on set? Or no, no, no. She was, it was out at the Langham the, where everyone's pimping their shows and where our uh, spinoff shows on Esquire and E was there and she was pimping I Am Kate. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So the hottest panel her. of the TCAs. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you, you look and you're like, wow, that's, that's Caitlyn Jenner. And did she look very feminine to you or just like a really she, tall, big woman? It's, um, she's a very powerfully built person and uh, it's interesting though like she's slimmed down her legs look much more feminine than i would have expected you know having seen footage of i, I don't know if you say caitlin or bruce during the decathlon because it was bruce back then but i right. still think you're supposed to say that it's caitlin because it that gets wasn't, confusing i know and, and you, I, I, this one of those things where I, i'm i'm so concerned because you see how people if you say something wrong even if it's well-intentioned or ignorant right you get crucified now Right, like you can't say oh transgender, God. transsexual, trans right. like it, or it's uh, I don't I don't know either. I it, was it amazed. Changes. Watching... It changes too fast to really keep up with it, and you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to drop a, a a word bomb. Well, and I think that they don't give you any uh, any slack, any chance to say, oh, I this was just ignorance. I I, I didn't know. I was trying to be respectful. I didn't know the proper term. Right. No, you're you're ignorant and you're slandering them and you're you're a bigot. And you're like, wow, this I didn't think so. Right. I'm trying to be nice. Right. Uh, anyway, it was it was cool seeing seeing Caitlin out there. So that was that's just fun. It was fun. I like going to those things. I'm a total star whore. Like anytime I see someone who's on TV, I'm like, oh my god, I love you on that but show. You're on TV. I know, but it's but it's it's like you're not. Well, first, right. first of all, I'm in reality, so I'm hosting. Like when I see actors from shows I like. 
uh, I just I get really excited. Like I saw this guy Ben Feldman who uh, was on a canceled sitcom A to Z that I think I was the only person who watched and loved. And I was like, dude, do you and Zelda end up together? He's like, uh, that show got canceled. We never. I know, but I'm just. Did you know? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm on a different show now. I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch that then. I was like, oh. I, was, I just my enthusiasm. Is a little, uh, a little. I, I'm a fanboy. I fanboy out with a lot of that stuff. No, and so. I mean it's really cool when you meet somebody it who is. you're a fan of their work, and you're and, just in awe. Of them. And I always appreciate it. Like I, we we got to do. We were nominated for a Golden Globe, so we or a People's Choice Award. So we're on the red carpet, and John Stamos is next to us. Oh, that's and I'm a good sitting one. there talking to him, and I'm like, Hey, man, do you ever get tired of this? And he goes, I've been doing this for 30 years. I don't ever get tired of it. He's like, I love it. I'm I'm always excited that people still want to hear from me. And I was just like, wow, what a nice, down-to-earth guy he was. And, like, all these people had handlers, and he was just kind of chilling, waiting his turn in the red line. Just like this unassuming guy who's still stunningly lo- – I was like, <laughs> that is a handsome man right there. He looks the same as he did in the Full House days. So I, I, I got That's a, a pretty I awesome got, encounter. I was, I was so excited. Oh, my God. I, I literally go around with my phone, and I'm like a big game hunter. Like, who am I getting a selfie with next? Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> I know. I like it. But I, I, I do I, – I'm glad I haven't become jaded. Like, I, I used – I loved entertainment. I loved movies. And I thought when I came here, like, maybe you'll kind of get like, oh, you'll, you see how the sausage is made or you realize people are jerks or something and you just get jaded to it. And I'm like, I still love it. I still, I still love – like when you you know you're on you're on a set or something or you see people you see like a movie being made like I can't wait to see that scene and like I saw it or you meet a star or someone who writes a show you like and I, it's just it's cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it it never gets old like meeting people and seeing. And I actually think that when you do meet somebody so that is really successful, usually they're really nice. Yeah, that's sort but of. It, a but it, you see, like you, you know, if you're on set, you see it, it can be a slog. It can be a lot of long hours. And you see, when you, you know, I've worked with some people who are kind of difficult, and you're like, that is just something you don't want in your life. Right. And it's, you know, unless they're spectacularly talented, you're like, it's, it's such a subjective business. You're like, well, this person could probably work too. And this person's so much nicer. Let's work with this person because I enjoy being around them. Um, so I think there is something to that about, you know, not being a dick and being kind of professional. In but. everything in life, I think, right? I, you I hope even so. think like somebody's like, like at the checkout dude at the cash register yeah. who's being a total dick might not be there tomorrow. You know, it's like it just a word to the wise. If you're listening to this, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah, in anything. Like it just doesn't work. Are I you? just think it's interesting how like the whole everything in life kind of feeds into something else, right? Like you have an experience with somebody, and it like, uh, and we were all just sort of like bumping around in the world and going through journey, mm-hmm. and like sometimes something negative can happen, and it spawns something incredibly beautiful and awesome that you never would have thought. And I think Matt, your life is actually an interesting, like just because I've known you so long, yeah. like, you've had a lot of. Ups and downs, even just like well, I've known you for like almost twenty years now. Yeah, Jesus, and, we're getting old. And but look at where you are in your life. Like now, you're on the red carpet, rubbing yeah, shoulders yeah. with oh, like God, John best. Stamos. And <laughs> I think it's so cool to think about the the pitfalls and how and how sometimes that leads to the next like mountain high. And and in saying that, um, I talked to a really cool young comic, but really funny, smart guy. Um, Jose Chavez, uh-huh. who um, I've recently become friends with about that because he's had, you know, he started life in 
in a difficult place and he's been building ever since. And, yeah. you know, and um, I have some audio of the interview with him and I'd love for you to chime yeah. in. Anything you hear, just step in. Right. I, I know, and I want to hear more about your journey, even yeah. though I know yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's so inspiring to share it with other people. So um, here we go. It could be a really peaceful area, but depending on the street you're on, it could get a little thuggish. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've been mugged a few times there. Oh, that's uh, so scary. Yeah, it's uh, it, it actually at, at some point I got a little jaded by it. I actually the last guy that mugged me, a little I was able to talk him into giving me back half of my cash and my wallet. That way I could at least because I told him like, look, I, like- I, look, I was like, you look nothing <laughs> like me. That ID is going to do you no good in a club. Can I just have? Wait, it? wait, you you, so you're like getting mugged and you're like, hey, I I'm really hard up, dude. I'm probably more hard up than you. Can you please ho- hook me back up? Like, let that's, me exactly. He, he ends up giving you money. Like, and here, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Here's- yeah, he, he actually spotted me five. It was great. No, he, he <laughs> it's what, like the greatest mugging ever. It was. It was. What I find it amusing. I, I gave him a hard time for this as he was mugging me, um, but he came up to me very polite, kind of like asking me for money first. And then I was like, sorry, man. This was in Pacoima. Pacoima. Yeah. And, and uh, he was like, hey, he was going to have some money. I was like, sorry, dude. I, I don't Where know. Where were you? Just like hanging out? out uh, I was walking to like the liquor store. I was just going to go grab some snacks. Uh, it was a Tuesday kind of thing. Just, it was just broad daylight? Yeah, broad daylight. Oh, it, it, was, yeah. it was afternoon. It was, it, was, uh, it was at least like around 4 p.m. So. And did he use a weapon? He used a knife. Oh my but God. he didn't bring it out right away. It was sort of like a, a situation where he just approaches me and he says, hey, can I have some money? I was like, sorry, buddy. All I got, I'm like, all I got on me is all I have for a while. And then uh, he, uh, he goes, no, I mean, uh, I'm going to take your money. And he brings out a knife. I was like, oh, dude, you can't start it off with a question. You, you know, you're going <laughs> to take it anyway. Like. In, in life, I've, I, I have never been – like he grew up in a bad area. Yeah. And this is part – he just talks about like it's just like I've been mugged a couple of times. I'm just walking down well, the like street. Like he said, he got jaded to it. That's so yes. sad that – that he's and then he's just negotiating like most people would be in fear for their lives. Take it, and he's like, "Well, listen, let me let me bargain." I mean, it sounds this like, is like the fifth time I've been mugged, and I just don't want to go back to the DMV. I'll tell you what, he's going to be ready for Hollywood contract negotiations. <laughs> that's that's really what they are. And I, I will say this: my life did not start off quite so rough as that. Well, I've no, never but been mugged. Your life started off well, in since I knew you in like medical school. Yeah, right? no, I, I mean, I'm I'm a doctor. I went I went through medical school. I got my MD, and then I realized my heart. I was doing residency, and I realized my heart wasn't in it. What and was your residency in? Like I was what? doing internal medicine at University of Colorado, where my dad's was a professor. And I mean, you can imagine he's like his son's following his footsteps, and he's working at the same hospital as him. It's Doctor Eisman and Son, and uh, and then I just my heart wasn't in it. And I'm, I'm I felt I, I just felt like med- on paper medicine was the perfect career for me, but as I was doing it, I just felt like I lacked the passion. I think that's something that's not a job that's a calling. I mean, I really feel like you have to be so committed to it and to your patients and. To me, I just felt like, you know, you'd get those – I'd get that pit in my stomach you used to get on Sundays going back to school where you're like, I got to go to the hospital. I'm going to be there on call for 36 hours and I don't want to be there. And I thought I'm not doing my patients any favors with this attitude and I wasn't doing it to myself. So I think one of the hardest things was just kind of accepting that and then saying, well, what am I going to do about it and deciding I'm going to take – I decided to take a year off. And kind of reevaluate what I was doing in medicine and just clear my mind. I mean, I'd kind of been on this path, you know, this academic path of just, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, or you maybe go to a graduate school and then you get a job and you work and then you marry and die and whatever. <laughs> 
And I'd never really stepped off and questioned it or thought, what do I really want to do with my life? So, I, you know, in, in the middle of residency, I'm like, I'm going to take a year off. And I'd done stand-up a couple times and I thought, I'm just, I'm just, you know, some people will be do a ski bum year or surf or backpack around the globe. I'm like, I'm going to move to L.A. and just try stand-up for a year and see what, what happens and see what my mind does. And within, Not to Pacoima. Not to Pacoima, no. <laughs> But the hardest part was telling my dad because I knew, you know, I think I knew how. how it's like proud coming he was out of and, the closet almost. It took yeah, a lot of courage, I'm yeah. sure, to tell him. And I just he might have preferred her hearing that you were a gay. Yeah, that as you long as you're a doctor. doctor, I'll take a gay doctor. Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, yeah, but but he was actually, you know, it, was, it took me like probably a month and a half to just work up the courage to sit my parents down and be like, I'm, I'm thinking of you know leaving medicine and going to try stand up and just clear my mind and. First words he said were, life is short, do what makes you happy. That's really good words. And I was like, Jesus, what was I, you know, and I'm lucky. I mean, again, that's, you know, having parents who are really supportive, I think it could have been very easy to be like, no, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> you put all this time and money into this. You can't, you can't just walk away from a career in medicine to go do something that's so ridiculous. thought you'd uncertain. come back, maybe. I think they did, but, you know, my, and my mom had always said something where it's like, look, as parents, we don't, we don't care what you do as long as you're happy. We just want you to be happy. And I think that they saw in medicine I was kind of struggling with it and with my, you know, just feeling like this sense of obligation that I didn't – it wasn't fitting my personality or kind of – it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And so – Have um, you ever been at a show and had to administer medical attention? Uh, at Ninja Warrior. <laughs> really? We, yeah, we had a guy get injured. A guy dislocated his shoulder and they're all looking up at me and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's been a while since I've done medicine. But for, unfortunately, we actually but had a guy. They who wanted was, you to touch well, they're somebody. Like, That's... They, they had they had they had paramedics there, but they're like, you know, they they'll just do first aid. They probably wouldn't do anything to treat the joint. And so I'm like, maybe. Oh, and I'm I'm just I'm shitting because I don't want to make it any worse than get sued for malpractice. But fortunately, we actually had a competitor there who uh, um, was a, a practicing ER physician. He actually put the arm back in the joint and fixed it. So I was like, oh, you you got this one. Okay, I'll get, I'll get the next so one. You got close. You got this one. But uh, no, I was just actually, I was in New Year's Eve. I was in Chicago. We were doing a like a drop the ball thing there. And uh, at like one in the morning after the ball dropped or the star raised and uh, we're walking back and it's five degrees out. It's icy as fuck. And I, you know, we're, we're all crossing the street and then you see this, and uh, so I walk up and I see this guy just laid out, this old guy laid out. He'd slipped and then fallen and like full full length, just full lever, his head came down on the corner of a lamppost and hit a bolt. And he's just on the ground and everyone's like, ah, because there's blood just pouring out. And so I go up and I just look at the guy and I just we just do the kind of standard questions of, okay, do you know where you are? Do you know your name? Do you know the date? And just did a little neurologic exam and just looked at it and he had – <laughs> I was joking about it. I said he had he had a it looked like he had his period on his head. It was just massive oh. gash and blood was just pouring out of it. And so we're just like, look, you know, they had his buddies just compress this, hold this. And then the cops came, they put him in the car and took him to the hospital and I was like, Dr. Matt's job is done. <laughs> I really didn't do much, but it felt like. It, and then you, you took his in. wallet. I took his wallet. Give yeah, him his ID. And I did. Five I felt bucks. like uh, I felt like I earned. I earned twenty seven bucks yeah. and uh, for that. And so. it's a good little mugging. Let's get. Let's listen to Jose a little more. It was definitely during a rough period of time, uh, personally and also like uh, nationally. It was. It would happen the week of of nine eleven. Oh. One of those was. Uh, I feel like a direct result of nine eleven, like a retaliation kind of thing from people that that were just you know gun crazy. 
Um, the uh, the first one was at a party. It was just my guy. I went to a, a, a friend's uh, place, and he was, he was having a party. They got out of control, and, and the guy who wanted everybody to leave thought that it'd be really smart to do so by pulling out a gun. <gasps> well, that would make me want to go. Yeah. Ah, time to leave. Party over. Bye. Yeah, dude. but then somebody else brought out a gun. And there are still some people who are like, come on, man, let's, we're having a good time. Like, try oh. to, like, that's not how you approach a guy with a gun. You know, you, you got to, you know. But they like, it was out. like, I'm not leaving your house. I got a gun, too. Exactly. Exactly. <gasps> That's and some crazy people that you were hanging out with. It, well, I mean, I, I've never hung out with them after that. I probably hung out with them twice before that. Cause that's was it a really big drug scene. scene? It was. I mean, it could have been. I w- I, I'm a very naive person. Like, I didn't know a dip about drugs until I was much older. And so uh, there's people doing drugs in front of me, probably. I just thought they were smoking cigarettes. He's just like, I mean, even he's just like sounds like this kid that is in this bad neighborhood. And then he's in these situations that are unavoidable that, like, in my upbringing, I would never have right. known. I mean, and then he just, it, it's, it's just amazing to me. Like, I've never been to a party where somebody whipped out a gun. And I've like, never been anywhere where anyone's whipped out a gun. Right? I've never, yeah. I, I, I And to him, it was just, that's, it's a different, what a different life it yeah. is when guns and drugs and muggings are just an accepted part of it. Right. And then to get out of that. Yeah. I mean, like, that journey is, in, uh, like, fascinating to me. I mean, but, like, in getting back to your story, like, okay, so you don't have guns, but you have... You you dealt with cancer. Yeah, I did, and, and that was – it was surreal because, you know, I and actually I, I, the only reason I found the cancer is because I also have rheumatoid arthritis, this chronic autoimmune disease that kind of ravaged me, um, ended up really damaging my feed. But it was, it was like I th- – there was a year and a half there back in like er- the early 2000s when I started getting symptoms and – I mean I went from being like as healthy as I'd ever been. I was living in Venice Beach. And over a year and a half, this disease came on and they, they just couldn't diagnose it initially. And I was having pain in my hands and my feet. My neck was stiff. I was sleeping like 10 to 12 hours a day. I was just constantly fatigued. I ended up gaining like 45 pounds. I stopped working out altogether. And I just – my body transformed. I became like an old man over the course of a year and a half before then they finally diagnosed it. And so I started treatment on that and then um, that was kind of a wake-up call where I was just like, I'm not a kid anymore. Like this is a serious uh, disease I will have for the rest of my life and my body had some damage that's just irreversible in my feet. Like I can't run or do high-impact stuff anymore. And uh, But then you kind of make your peace with that. And and honestly though, the, I, I will say that I, I talk about this a lot when I I'll talk to – Arthritis Foundation people, um, groups with with RA a lot. And one of the things that I say, though, is the only reason I was able to kind of not lose my mind during that year and a half is as I just fell apart was that I was doing comedy. And and like being able to go out to open mics and whether I was making people laugh or just being around laughter was the only thing that kind of gave me any joy during that because I just physically I felt wiped out. I felt like I, I couldn't figure out what was going on and I was you know going to all kinds of doctors trying acupuncture, trying pills, trying a- anything and and none of it worked. And so, you know, comedy it was one of those things like I was I was really lucky to be doing something that I loved and to do something that I think really gave me a a better mental outlook. But then like five years later, I was having chest pain and I'm on – the medications I'm on for RA suppress my immune system and leave me susceptible to infections. And I thought, geez, this this could be kind of an infection in my lungs. I should get this checked out. And I go and the doctor is like – gets an x-ray and he's like, oh, your lungs are clean. It's probably just something else. But he goes, 
He took a really thorough history. He's like, you know, you flew a couple days ago. We should, just to be safe, let's get a CAT scan and rule out a clot. Because oh. if you're stable, you can get clots. Yeah. And so I go to the emergency room. It's like a Friday night. And the doc looks at it and goes, now your lungs are clean. Go home. You're fine. It's just something else. And then the next morning, a radiologist came in to read it. And he's like, the lungs were clean. But he calls me and he goes, we found something on your kidney. And it was just coincidental that the... The CAT scan caught the top of my kidney, oh. and on it, he noticed a solid mass. And this guy calls up. He, goes, he saved your life. He goes, there's a solid mass on your kidney. There's an 80% chance it's malignant. Get it checked out as soon as possible. Oh, my God. And then he goes, have a nice day. <laughs> I was just, it was so funny because, you know, I, it struck me, having been a doctor, that, you, you know, it, He's delivering this kind of news all the time. Right. And it's part of his daily yeah, job. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, yeah, my, th- this is what I found. And then he never talks to you again and never, never knows the outcome never of knows it. Never knows the outcome. That's, and, but yet this guy, he saved your life. Saved my life. Saved my life. And then I go in and it Have was Have you ever cancer. thought to find that dude? <laughs> I did. Well, I you know found, Renee Garcia you know, is back, a radiologist. I, I went to, you know. really? Yeah. I, well, I went back to the initial doctor uh, who was th- thorough enough to get that CAT scan. Because, like, I remember being in there and you're like, it's oh, an extra step. I don't know. You know, as a doctor, I don't know. You're busy. You're just like, I could order this thing. But he was like, because he was thorough enough to get the history, to find out about the flying, to get that CAT scan, a test that was arguably overkill, that's what ended up allowing the radiologist to find it. It's just this chain of random events. And I was lucky. It's a cancer. They just went in surgically. It was small enough. It was malignant. But they got it early enough. All it was was surgery. No chemo, no radiation. But had they not found it, it's a it's the type of cancer that probably would have manifested until it metastasized, spread throughout my body, and then it becomes a very hard cancer to treat. This renal cell carcinoma, and then your your chances of survival go go down rapidly. So it is. It really is just this having the RA led me to go get this X ray, and it's just this chain of events where you look at the things that happen in life. You're like, my God, if I didn't have this chronic disease, I probably would have died of cancer. <laughs> so thank you yeah, for the I, I, Yeah, it's funny, but it, you know, it's what you talk about with the negative and, and, and all of it. All of it just kind of gives you this perspective that I think you can't get any other way in life that, you know, I mean, as a doctor, I see these stories, but they don't sink in. Mm. I mean, you, you know, you try, to, you try to understand them and you sympathize and empathize, but, but until something like this happens to you, I just think it's, it's those things. Youth is wasted on the young. You know, there are just some hard-earned lessons in life that – you, you just kind of have to, you know, relationship stuff, whatever it is. Sometimes we just have to make our own mistakes and people can tell you and you can hear it and you can intellectually grasp it. But until you kind of go through some of these events. Oh, no, you to, have no idea what it means until yeah. you've actually experienced And come out on the other side and, then and realized, yeah, like I'm not broken. I've survived this and I'm stronger and I'm wiser. And you just see somebody young and you want to go. Let me just – if I could just impart this knowledge to you. And if you could work it into a great comedy bit. Oh, yeah. That's then, it, yeah, right? you're like this. Yeah, I know. I've, I've got like five minutes on, <laughs> on being a doctor and like another five minutes on cancer that I – but I never do it in comedy clubs because, you know, you cancer. People are like, oh, this is – as they're it's smoking and drinking. I don't want to hear giggle, about that. Giggle, giggle. Giggle, giggle. Go out for the LAPD. Um, oh, so wow. So I, I trained for that. Um, didn't get in, but uh, – you, you were – you didn't get in? Like you didn't – no, it's a very extensive background. Like when when they do, when they do this, uh, every little thing that happened that's like that, where it's like, oh, I didn't get in. I, I should be bummed out about this. Right. Everything that I did essentially led up to now. You know, lead, led up to the only reason I did comedy is because I got laid off of my job. You know, the only reason I started looking looking into becoming LAPD is because I was out of work and I needed to find something else and I wanted to help people. 
Um, and then through because I didn't get the LAPD thing, I started, you know, trying stand up and stand up became, you know, my life. So uh, the, everything that happened is a, is a chain of events, like where something went wrong, something didn't pan out, and it, it ended up working out even better for me. That's, I think what he just said was a great point about this chain of events and things happening in your life. And you, it's, it's so hard to see the pattern or to see uh, this path that's, that you're walking on until you kind of reach that destination. And it's, it's one of the things, though, I think I kind of got early on, like after you know, having some commercials or like I got this big commercial campaign. And, you know, four com- we shot four commercials at once. We recorded – I was going to be an icon. They, they, they did ringtones. They were going to be on billboards, all this stuff. And it aired – one commercial aired one time. Oh, no. And I, and, but, but I'd been like, you know what? I'm not going to tell people. I'm not going to spend any money until it happens. But it's, it's these kind of lessons you get early on and, and how you know, jobs you go out for or shows you get that get canceled or someone else gets the gig and – and it, it's one of those things where I feel people get impatient in this business, and if you're in entertainment, it's it's a marathon. You can't be in this going, I'll give it a year, I'll give it three years, and something will happen or I'm leaving because you're going to leave. Your, your odds are you're going to leave because even if very rare is the person who gets a gig early on and keeps a gig and everything goes right and you always stay working. Shows get canceled, you get fired, you get replaced, or you come close and someone else gets it. And I, I think having this – this determination to say, you know what, this experience will make me more prepared the next time. And you see it. You see how much better you are, you know, having come closer, having had that experience and going in the next time going, wait, I remember how this works last time or, or learning from that. And I just think one of the things I always say is like, I still haven't done Montreal. And, and it's kind of one of those things where you think, but I kept telling myself, you know what, Every year I don't do it is a year I can get stronger and better as a comic. So when I do finally do it, they'll say, where has this guy been? Or you get to a point where it doesn't even matter anymore, maybe. Yeah, or something else comes up. Yeah, you I mean, find honestly, else. your career is so great with all the stuff you've done that totally. it doesn't really matter. It's like, but it meant so much to you at one time, right. and you worked so hard to get it, and it pushed you to where you are on actual TV and standing next to John Stamos on a red carpet. John Stamos. That's fucking awesome. It is interesting, though. I think that it's, it's, it's and, and I always say, Nothing ever happens on the couch. Get out, put yourself out there, you know, take your swings, do stand up, go audition, try something different, do a show, do a web series. It might tank, people might hate it, but it's an experience. You're making connections, which I think are invaluable too. Or if it's not even comedy, just in life in general. Like some, I think this is one of my favorite podcasts out of the over 100 ones that we've done. Aside from the other one where I talked to you about banging chicks on, on the yeah. internet, that, but, which is completely different than this. But I think it's so cool because I think we forget, like, I, I mean, I know for me lately, it's been kind of up and down. And sometimes I have to realize, like, I'm just sitting in the middle of something that's difficult. And one part of your life might be struggling while another part is doing really well. And yeah. then it just, it's everything, it's, it's just balanced. Do you think you can ever have it all? Not for a long period of time. Something's Not at once, happen. right? I mean, I'm looking at it. You know, my career is going great, and I'm dating somebody. But my dad's, <gasps> yeah, my dad's having health issues, and oh. I'm, I'm just watching him deteriorate. And it's tough seeing the man who's like, you know, the the strongest, smartest. He man. must be so proud of you, though, from the guy like when he saw you go on your journey as a father. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think I think he's appreciated it much more too. Uh, seeing how much joy I've had from it. And seeing how much I love it. And I think, you know, for him, he loved medicine. It, it, he, it was a calling. And I think he was a wonderful, amazing doctor. And, and I think he also saw 
that it wasn't my calling and that he was open enough as a father to say, I don't want you to do – to follow in my footsteps or to be a clone of me or to do something because you think it will impress me. But, you know, to really want me to be happy and to see – and to, to like revel in my joys, my little – you know, and like – my mom will watch every episode of everything I ever do and make my dad watch it too. And, you know, I, I know some of the stuff like I'm, I'm on this Hallmark show and, you know, we're baking pies or something ridiculous. And I know my dad could not give a flying fuck <laughs> about it. But he'll watch it and he'll be like, yeah, your mom and I watched you make a pie. Way to go, champ. <laughs> and he'll be kind of sincere. And I think he's also getting a little older and kind of feeling like his mortality and it's tough. I think he's just kind of seeing the end and seeing like, you know, this is my legacy. My my kids are going to be my legacy. And and it's it's just the circle of life as we, you know, this this age, I'm 40, about to turn 45 next week. And you're like, this is, you know, my parents are kind of slowing down and then and then it'll be my turn to do. What's the journey of life, right? It's cool. It is. It is. And I think it's it's uh, it does. It puts things in perspective. Um you know, with this with this career or with relationships and things and, you know, you're like, it's not always going to be perfect and to to do your best and just, just try to find your joy and happiness. And that's, you know, the other thing is like everything is going to be a journey and you can't say, well, you know what, if I, if I find the perfect person or I get the perfect job, then I'll be happy because that may never happen. And so... Well, you are Captain America, right? You know this. <laughs> Matt Eisman, like you guys, okay, what do you got to do? Is look up Matt Eisman online if you're not familiar with his work from Ninja Warriors yes. or Baking Pies. Right, right. You can find, where can people find you? Uh, at Matt Eisman on Twitter. Matt Eisman. I have my website, MattEisman.com. I spend a lot of time with Facebook and Twitter, both just Matt Eisman, M A T T I S E M A N. I tend to get Mr. Incredible, the kind yeah. of overweight. That's what I was just racking my brain. That's what I was racking my brain. You Which are. I'm, I choose to take it as a compliment. You are, though. That, yeah. No, it, he's super strong. Yeah, right? That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm a bigger guy. Yeah, no, uh, Mr. Mr. Incredible. That is totally, totally you. No, he goes, Mr. Incredible is in shape, then he gets out of shape, then he gets back into right, shape, and yeah. you're not out of shape. I'm in the middle shape. part. I'm about to get back into Yeah, No, no, no you're in shape. Like I said, I was having McDonald's this morning, so there's <laughs> there's a... Every year, I'm like, I'm going to get so in shape, I can compete on Ninja Warriors. Guys, when I saw years. Matt get out of the car with McDonald's, I was like, okay, you just said fuck cancer. You just cancer. worked out. Fuck I know. I was like, <laughs> you're like, I had cancer. Here you go, cancer. Chicken I'm McNuggets feed it with can't my- <laughs> cause cancer. They're, they're chicken. Right. Right. Nuggets. <laughs> Matt, you're awesome. Guys, check out Jose Chavez as well online. And I'm sure if you Google Jose Chavez, you're going to find him on your first take. Um, but I'll put up his information <laughs> on my Twitter <laughs> and on my information. And you can uh, find out more about him because he's awesome. And, of course, I'll also link up to you, Matt. Thank you so no, much. No, my pleasure. Guys, thank you for listening. Um, keep coming back and rate us five stars. See you next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit up Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.